0: Back and we 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 Uh. (laughs) back and we back and we back
1: Welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast live from the Blake Street Tavern. I am Jake Shapiro alongside Will Whalen, the editor of BSNBuffs.com, Ryan Konigsberg, the former editor of BSNBuffs.com. But first, let me tell you about this place first. If you're not coming down to the Blake Street Tavern, let's say you're driving down 36 and you need something to eat, why don't you stop off at the Colorado Keg House? They're the home for Colorado craft beer, nitro, Ales, IPAs, all the stuff that you could want in your craft beer. They've got TVs everywhere, so it's the perfect place to watch a sporting event as well. Uh, That is if you're not coming down to Lower Downtown. Uh, And and today, we're going to be talking about, I guess, a sporting event. It's an activity event, uh, the fall camp. Fall camp's like more of an activity than a sport. There's no goal. I guess there is a goal, but there's no win, winners and losers. There could be lo- winners and losers in fall camp. You're really digging yourself a hole here. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's definitely a sport. It's just practice.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. And uh, today's Thursday. Uh, at least that's when the podcast is being released. And fall camp starts today. So this is big news. Uh, this is By the, the way, start also, of the season.
3: Also in big news, Ryan's job title is not just former editor of bsnbuffs.com
2: I know what you're going to say but as my new position I also changed the name of my position
3: <laughs> Okay what is the new position There's called?
2: just no there's no of anything in my opinion I'm just vice president
3: <laughs> word <laughs> word seriously um, for those who don't know and that would be pretty much everybody listening Ryan got a nice little promotion at work uh, congratulations from all of us Thank you, you earned it you deserve it I'm really proud of you so
2: none of your you guys aren't allowed to disagree with me on this podcast anymore. I'll fire your asses. Well,
3: that's the thing is I'm probably going to come at you harder now because I don't know. I mean, you got some cachet now. And I got to take you down.
1: I don't C- have some cachet and some cash. I don't have opinions.
3: We'll see if you have some cash. Uh, actually, by the time people are listening to this, we'll know if you have cash or not. From
2: uh, that's the TBT. true.
1: That is true. Yeah, that's another thing that's going on right now. Uh, that's actually going to happen tonight. Uh, we're recording this podcast on Tuesday, so we don't know when this release is if they won or not. But uh, Colorado has a chance. The alumni have a chance to win two million dollars uh, Tuesday night, uh, which, which is a huge deal. And you know, we're going to talk about that a little bit at the end of the podcast as yeah. well. But first, fall camp. Will, me, and you are going to be out there every day. Ryan's going to be out there a couple times, hopefully. What are you expecting? Uh, some some of the expectations, some of the predictions. What do you need to see from this team? Well,
3: it all, of course, depends on how much access we have because the school has not yet, at least at the time of this coming out, they have not yet released a schedule.
2: And I think that's something that's worth mentioning on this, on this podcast. Do you have any theories of why? I mean, usually we, two, three weeks in advance, have a schedule of what's going yeah. to happen. Do you have any theories of why? We don't know two days before camp opens what the media schedule is, how many are practicing. And the only reason
1: we really know when it starts is because of that like very tentative schedule and then we saw a couple tweets telling us when it starts from some of the athletes. Right.
3: Yeah, I mean I'm not ready to say that I have any, you know, conspiracy theories or anything like that, but I think I think there's a if I had a conspiracy theory, maybe it's that there's a struggle going on within the program. Of McIntyre versus the SID versus the AD, uh, the AD wanting to capitalize on momentum, wanting to open up practice and get people excited about the season, get people out there to fall camp, and McIntyre not wanting a single damn person there, is what I would think uh, if there was anything going on. Um, I mean, the other thing is maybe they're short staffed this summer, uh, and you know maybe someone's just dropping the ball because we've also seen. Recent mistakes made by the University of Colorado Athletic Department and the CSU Athletic Department regarding spelling on official Twitter offers to recruits. So maybe it's better for all of us, for all of their sakes, that they're waiting an extra day or two to publish this thing. But it is kind of ridiculous that we're 48 hours away from camp and I don't know what the hell I'm allowed to do.
2: Yeah, it's just, uh, I'm with you on a struggle there. I know for a fact Dave Plotty likes to be far out in front of these things. Like he doesn't like to leave the media hanging um, and say, you know, like, it's not fair for them to, on Thursday morning, say, hey, practice is open, it opens in five minutes, or whatever. Like, Dave Plotty wouldn't do that. I think there's a, there's a bit of a struggle on what practices are going to be open, how many are going to be open, how, how much is going to be open to the media? You know, maybe Coach Mack is saying, look, I don't want to talk to the media every single day after practice. I'll talk to the media three times a week, four times a week, whatever it is. But there's something going on that we're not privy to, right. that's causing this. Right. I
1: also will say from a PR media perspective, when PR, I don't want to say they're covering up something or whatever, but when they don't release all the information, media makes assumptions. And I think the assumptions can be sometimes worse than what is actually going on. And one of the first things I ran through is, are they trying to hide an injury with Cepho? Are, are, do they not want people to know how healthier uninjured Cepho is. Uh, so I will say... when well, This
3: this sesh, this segment is an entire indictment on the idea of not releasing something early. The fact that we're even talking about these things. Right. So,
1: And, and aside from that whole thing, I think what I need to see from transitioning into what we need to see, I need to see a, a healthy Cepho Lufau. I think that's the number one thing on my list. I know the reports are out there and I've reported it myself that Cepho seems pretty healthy, but... I need to see it myself. I have not seen it with my own two eyes, and I want to see it myself.
2: Right. You want to see him taking his drops, looking comfortable. He had a great fall camp last year, a fall camp that, you know, both Adam and I, after seeing the way he threw the ball in fall camp, raised our predictions of how many wins because he looked outstanding. It was uh, a big jump from him because he, he kind of had a gamer uh, mentality before then where he didn't practice very well and then was better in games. Now, last year, he comes out with a really strong foul camp and then didn't quite back it up as much, especially in that Hawaii game. You know, we were expecting a lot from him. He had a really bad game against Hawaii. So you definitely want to see him out there looking comfortable, doing his drops the way that, you know, he looks comfortable and not kind of, I guess, tiptoeing on that hurt foot.
3: It has to be Safolu foul number one um, because without him, You're looking at a Steven Montez-led team. Probably. I mean, there's no way they would go with Gerki. I would think. But it has to be Sefo. But besides that, I want to see what Diego Gonzalez looks like. I'm serious. I want to know what the special teams are going to look like because I think – I don't know how you guys feel. I feel like we have a pretty good idea about who this team is in a lot of spots. We have a a pretty good idea about what they are on the defensive line. We have a pretty good idea about what they are defensive backfield, safeties, corners. Pretty good idea about running backs, tight ends, and such. And if there's a healthy Cepho, we have a pretty good idea about what that looks like. But we have no idea right now what the special teams look like. I'm really interested to see the wide receivers group. I mean, if we're allowed to, or at least see what they're going to perform like uh, because – special teams and wide receivers are two areas that a i feel like i can evaluate well and b i feel like are going to be really important to this team offensive line obviously is going to be huge but i'm not an offensive line expert man especially in fall camp i mean there were a couple years ago where uh what was the guy's name obi the defensive lineman from conrad obi conrad obi was torching the cuo line in a practice like uh, it was disturbing Embry had to pull him out of drills because he was disrupting the drill too much the season comes around the offensive line wasn't wasn't bad i think that was his first year the offensive line wasn't bad and conrad obi was nowhere to be seen for the rest of the season so i don't know how to evaluate those things in camp That's why I look at special teams and I look at wide receivers outside of Cepho as being the things that I'm probably most excited to look at and get a read on.
2: You definitely have to take everything with a grain of salt because as much as you know, it's hard to quantify there is a difference when the lights come on, when the games count and that sort of thing. So, you know, Tyler McCulloch showed out as a freshman. He didn't really make an impact on the field until he's a senior. Um, And, and, you know, maybe there's a correlation there. When he was a freshman, you saw what he could do. It took a long time for him to get comfortable in doing that on on Saturdays. Yeah. A lot of stuff that you have to take with a grain of salt. But you can learn a lot, and that's why I think it's so important to have open practices. Look, someone eventually is going to get pissed about me making comparisons to the Broncos, so sorry in advance. But every single practice is open to the media and and to the fans. It's such open a great thing for us to be able to have that kind of grasp on a team and not have to guess, you know, it's, it's, it sucks for media when you have to guess, um, well, well, coach McIntyre says Sefo looks great, but you know, Shea Field says, um, there's still a, a bit of a transition period. He's still a little rusty and you have to kind of find this. Okay. Who do I believe? You know, whatever Awkward
3: middle ground, right? When yeah. you can
2: see it, it gives everyone a chance to be fair and balance and honest, and not speculate when it comes to those things. And you can get a really good grasp of what the team is gonna look like. You know, it's hard to say they're gonna win this game because right. of this happened, but you can say, look, this is what I'm seeing, this is what it looks like.
3: Well, and the other thing that you always have to be careful of is not jumping to conclusions those first couple of days when they're not in pads. You know, like uh, Kareem Canty, or what was his name? Kareem Canty? Uh,
2: no, Keenan Canty. Keenan
3: was a beast in shorts. He was so quick, lightning quick, um, caught the ball. All of a sudden, pads go on, and it's like he disappears. So you always have to be careful of that for sure. But, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of the last couple years, really since 2007, the best fall camps or the most surprising fall camps that anybody's had. I mean... You talk about Rodney Stewart, especially because like that was the that was a great dynamic between Daryl Scott. I remember he got caught from behind on like an eighty yard would have been touchdown run, and everybody started wondering about his speed. Whereas you had Rodney Stewart tearing up fall camp, and all of a sudden people were talking about Rodney Stewart as much or more they were talking about Daryl Scott. That was a that was a really. Good example of someone that had a great kind of out of nowhere fall camp. Somebody that came in with a lot of expectations was really uh, disappointing. Connor Center was really disappointing when he came in because he was like the, supposedly this prototypical athlete. I don't know, Ryan, what do you think? Can you repeat that? Well, and just in terms of like guys that came in and really surprised you, took fall camp kind of by storm. And then guys that had kind of really crappy fall camps
2: um the first one that comes to my mind is, is surprising me it was Addison Gillum freshman year and he was if I remember he came Early in the rolling. spring yep. and people started seeing him in spring um I remember my class schedule didn't exactly match up with spring practice so I didn't get to see him too much and then I came into fall camp and like it was like this guy's everywhere yeah. you know he he almost had like a Jordan Dyson sideline to sideline just in a splash type of thing about him so that was a guy that I was like, holy crap, he's going to be really good. I'm trying to think of worst fall camps I've seen. Um, there were some, t- <laughs> some times, whatever year it was that Jordan Webb ended up being the starting quarterback Ooh, in camp. Yeah. I mean, first of all, they named him the starting quarterback in camp after like a week. And it was because yeah. everyone around him who was it? Nick Hirschman, Connor Wood, Connor I think Wood. was still around. Connor Wood? Uh, I think Shane Dillon was in the program at the time. Like, they were all god-awful. They were so bad. Like, and so Jordan Webb looked like he was, like, a G compared to everyone else because he was slinging it around decently well. Everyone else was, like, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, they were threes, and he was a six.
3: Embry's first year, Tony Clemens had a really bad fall camp. There there are more guys, but it's just one of those things that it's always a cautionary tale. You always have to be careful about what you see in fall camp.
1: And I will say uh, on the other side of this break we're going to come back we're going to talk about some of the freshmen some of the things we're looking forward to seeing for the first time this fall camp whether that be Darren Cheverini's offense or, or whatever so we're going to come back we're going to talk a little bit more about fall camp on the other side of this break
4: Fossil Trace Golf Club is a destination for golfers across the country. Tucked into the foothills of Golden, Colorado, Fossil Trace is one of the most unique courses in America. Hole 12 was named one of the most fun 18 holes in America by Golf Digest. Fossil Trace is 5280's best golf course, and it's less than 20 minutes from downtown Denver. Go to Fossil Trace to escape the ordinary and discover the extraordinary with prehistoric and modern. Schedule your tea time up to 60 days in advance at FossilTrace.com. Preferred Organic Therapy is one of Denver's
5: original dispensaries. They've carried a fine list of award-winning strains since 2009, and they now carry Colorado's largest selection of edibles. You'll find other things like Apothecana Oils and Creams, Marcaha Oral Tinctures, and Charlotte's Webb CBD. Nobody gives you the variety that Preferred Organic Therapy does. We're conveniently located off of I-25 and Colorado Boulevard. Preferred Organic Therapy, a better way to heal. Don't miss the Yamaha Get Out and Ride sales event at Coyote Motorsports. With low APRs, huge customer cash, and more on Yamaha motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides. From championship Yamaha sport bikes and YZs to sport ATVs and side-by-sides and grizzly, biking, and wolverine models. So see Coyote Motorsports today for huge Get Out and Ride savings. Offers good 216 through 63016 on select Yamaha motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides. See Coyote Motorsports for details.
1: Back on the BSN Buffs podcast, this is Jake Shapiro alongside Will Whalen and Ryan Koningsberg, the vice president. Ryan, there are
3: wars for guacamole dips right now at the table. They are raging, and they are hot, and they are fire. The
1: vice president dips first.
3: I, I did give up the right of way. I will say that. <laughs> and one of the great things. <laughs> about oh my God! You're Street in a wolf have, T-shirt. Or,
2: of course, I'm in a wolf T-shirt. I just
3: realized you're in a wolf T-shirt.
2: I got a promotion. I always wear a wolf T-shirt when I do
1: something good. All right. And one of the great things about the Blake Street Tavern is that the chips and salsa here are terrific. So here's down. I think this is
2: the first time I've had the salsa on chips.
1: I've had it on the burrito. It's good. Salsa really good. Really good. It's good. We can't stop eating it. So if you hear crunching in the background, that is what that is. But you know where the chips and salsa is also good? Where? The Clock Tower Grill, uh, right off the Lincoln Light Rail station. <laughs> Did you really just do that? Uh, do what? Dripping chips onto everywhere. the microphone. <laughs> Uh, has he ever done that at the Clock Tower Grill? He has not done that at the Clock Tower Grill. <laughs> 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 he was actually dressed to the nines the last time we went to the Clock Tower Grill. Uh, you could get $3 Long Island iced teas on Monday. You didn't like that. What else can you do at the Clock Tower Grill? 99 cent wings on Wednesday. What $3 else? Win, or shots. $3 shots on there Friday. It's the perfect place to get your pregame on. So yeah. if you're coming down to Denver, uh, stop off at the Lincoln Light Rail Station the- and then come down to then.
3: Ryans eating his chips like right now. Looks like he pre-gamed a little hard for this podcast.
2: I drank half a cup of coffee,
3: and then the iced coffee.
2: No, the ice co- the half of this cup of iced coffee that is sitting here currently.
3: I mean, what's the what's the? How do we feel about iced coffee versus cold brew?
2: Cold brew is so much better. It's not. It's even, not
3: a, It's not even a comparison.
2: All I know is you, MCM, drinking iced coffee while I'm drinking cold brew.
1: Holla. I don't drink coffee.
2: So. I and mean, that's why you can't get out of bed or in time for us to do this podcast on time.
1: <laughs> um, well, speaking of guys that might have getting trouble out of bed, the freshmen uh, at fall camp. they Good. Haven't, Good one. That's my
3: favorite transition you've ever done.
1: They haven't ever woken up at 7 o'clock in the morning for fall camp before, or earlier perhaps. But I know the guy I'm, I think I'm most looking forward to see is at running back and Bo Bicharet. And I, I want to see where he lines up and there, there's a lot of running backs on this team donovan lee of course also a running back now uh i want to know how bo but going to factor into this position obviously highly touted prospect coming out of uh california so that's the guy i think i'm most like uh looking forward to see but i'm also really looking forward to see this devon uh darren Cheverini offense because uh, Wait, i have
2: a question uh, uh, real quick about bo Bicharet. When when is the last time cu had a dope white running back never I mean, Whizzer White.
3: Well, Or Weezer, okay. as I like to call it. Never in my life. I'll say that.
2: I don't think I can think of one either. I mean, like, Arthur Jaffe, Fairview product, was, like, he was cool at Fairview, but he did like, he's a friend of the program. But he didn't really get much uh, burn. No. He almost had a kick return for a touchdown once. Okay. But I'm trying to think. I can't even think of a player who was, like, on the depth chart. Am, am I forgetting someone?
3: um i mean to be honest i don't really pay attention to white people on the offensive side of the ball that (laughs) often anyways i mean nelson spruce was real cool but
2: if someone is listening like i can't think of any so maybe i'm afraid that someone's gonna be like are you serious like there was this guy but i mean you know no in my in our lifetime before like there hasn't been one, I don't think Since
3: Bill McCartney started coaching at Colorado By the way, obviously in all of our thoughts And we'll have more on that later on in the show A really awesome interview uh, that Ryan did with Charles Johnson But on the subject of white running backs Yeah, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that there has been one So Bo Bishra is an awesome pick uh, He's not a freshman, but Jawan Winfrey mm-hmm. is my guy Um, There's been a lot of buzz coming out of the program about him this summer. Um, I'm really excited to see if he can back it up, quite frankly, because, you know, CU has had sneaky good number one receivers for the past, gosh, seven years. I mean, the Scotty McKnight days, they didn't really have a very, a great number one. Scotty McKnight was dope, don't get me wrong, but... It was really with Tony Clemens and then moving into the Paul Richardson days where Colorado had that dynamic talent at number one. And we've talked earlier this summer, earlier this offseason, about Shea Fields, whether he could fill that void. I'm interested to see if Juwan Winfrey might step up and snatch it from him.
1: And you know what I've heard? the guys on the team are handicapping winfrey to start at the other wide receiver position it's going to be shea fields and winfrey is what i'm kind of hearing that'd be exciting so going into fall camp i think it's winfrey's position to lose on that outside there's so many guys
2: i want to see i mean there's there's an exciting group of people in that class johnny huntley another wide receiver i want to see um anthony julmese who apparently according to the roster now wants to be go, go by tony julmese which good for him uh Tijil. It's not as bad as uh
3: Tijil, Anybody? Yeah. Are we okay with that?
2: It's that, okay. I like. To, I might just call him Tone. Uh, Hopefully, uh, he sets the tone this fall camp. I dig it. So both the, the Florida guys. Oh yeah. I mean, there's a lot of exciting people. That's not the best name change though. The best name change uh, was Donald Dino Gordon.
3: Yeah. Yeah. For anybody named Donald should change their name. Instantly
2: way cooler.
3: I'm literally trying... I'm letting this slide. Yeah, okay. Everybody knows what I'm letting slide, and I'm letting it
2: slide. Go ahead. Uh, I want to see Steven Montez. I want to see if he you know, made some strides. Um, He looked okay, better in spring practice. I want to see a little more from him, and I'm hoping... Again, I'll just keep repeating I'm hoping we get that chance.
1: And you know what I've heard about Steven Montez as well? uh, That he continues to develop. He's still not there yet, but... You have to realize that Steven Montez, let's say he's handicapped to be the starter in 2017. That is three years of eligibility of Steven Montez as a starter. Not many programs get four-year starters like Sefa Lufau. Even three-year starters are rare. So Stephen Montez has the potential to be a three-year starter at Colorado. So I think it's essential that his development continues throughout this fall camp. And this is really his clipboard year where he's right behind Sefa Lufau. I'll say it.
3: Montez doesn't get it it this fall camp he's not going to get it
2: and fair enough I mean everyone says the biggest jump a player makes is between year one and year two in a program so they need to see that jump
3: and I mean I know Boyle's most commonly associated. Boyle says that all the time but seriously it's kind of time for Steven Montez like we know he has a big arm we know he has great measurements you got to put it together you got to put it together because at a certain point, that's just going to turn into he's that three star who showed some flashes, but he was just another regular old guy. If he's going to be if he's going to be a dude, he's got to be a dude because Sam Neuer is coming into the program, Tyler Lido's coming into the program. Time to go. Up. Time so to go. A, and, and that's why, honestly, that's the main reason why I'm excited to watch him this fall camp.
1: So we talked about what we're excited to see, all that, but let's get down to the speculative nitty gritty stuff right here. What are your pre- predictions the for fall comp, not fall comp, fall camp? What do you need to see? Uh, let's just start with this. What do you need to see in order for the Buffs to make a bowl?
3: I need to see Sefo looking dope. I need to see Sefo looking like that dude. You know, there was a great ESPN article on him, and we referenced it before on the podcast. He needs to He needs to be that guy. I need to see him. You know, Cody Hawkins, I think it was before the 2009 season, he showed up, had a little bit more muscle on his arms, a little bit more zip on his throws. Um, No, it was was 2008. It was his redshirt sophomore season, and he looked sharp in fall camp. And the first game he comes out, torches CSU you know, down the middle or a bomb to Josh Smith down the middle of Scotty McKnight. And then he takes a pretty bad hit against Florida state. Never looks the same after that. But that fall camp was the most kind of swagger. The most, most I'm that dude I've seen from a CU quarterback since. And if Sefo can have that about him, that would go a long way in making me believe that this is a bowl team. Uh, And I need to see health. I need to see health. And I need to see Addison Gillum back to his old self.
2: I'm going to go a different angle because I think Cepho is and can be that dude. Contingent on the guys in front of him. Uh, I need to see that offensive line coming together as a unit, being cohesive, not being as bad as they were last year. I mean, people, I think, are quick to forget how god-awful that line was. Yeah. I mean, it was truly terrible.
3: But the other thing you have to consider, Ryan, is if you're watching the O-line this camp, fall camp practice favors the D-line in almost every situation.
1: And, and it's hard to judge the so offensive it, line. And that's my point, I
3: guess. It might be hard to really see that growth. I want to see them
2: succeed against that defensive line. Huh? I, I mean, it's not like, you know, they're sending out two of the best pass rushers in the conference or anything. You should be able to... Stop! You should be able to protect your quarterback when you go live in this fall camp. And if you can't, I'm going to start having some serious concerns about the success of this team.
1: And, and that's one of the things I was going to say. Offensive lines and defensive lines are so hard to judge in fall camp because they're going directly up against each other. And one could be good, one could be bad. They could both be good or they could both be bad, and it's hard to say. It is
2: hard to notice when they're going up against each other. But, um, you know, in college football we don't have the luxury of a preseason to make – a decision on whether a unit's going to be successful. Right. That's a good point. Here's what I'll say. The pass rushing unit is not that good. It's not special. If they're beating this offensive line continuously, that's because the offensive line is bad.
3: Okay. So what do you think you're going to see? Are you going to see an improved offensive line?
2: Uh, I'm, I'm certainly not convinced of it. Certainly not convinced of Put it. Put
1: a pair on the table, Ryan. Come on now. Leighton Adams, the new offensive line coach.
2: What do you want me to say? Are they going
3: to? Are you going to see Anything. what you need to see and therefore, I mean, we're, we're pre-foking. We can modify all these predictions before the season because yeah, okay. that's what we can do. We have the luxury of such things.
2: I think if they remain healthy, I think that that offensive line can get it done. But remaining healthy on the offensive line is, uh, is like uh, Jake waking up before 11 o'clock
3: Not gonna happen <laughs> To see you make a bowl, gentlemen As we sit here Today To see you make a bowl this year
2: No uh, As we sit here today, I say yes
3: I'm gonna say no as well um, Because I've I, I, I've kept the same tune all off season so have I, and that's why I'm, I'm not going to change it right before right. fall camp. I, I need to see it to believe it.
1: That's kind of what my thought is, too. And last year, I know we kind of all got into the Kool-Aid and, and bumped up our win predictions, but this year, especially this being my second fall camp, uh, being there every day, I was there three years ago a little bit, but I need to see something that goes, okay, I know this team has got it. It, there needs to be an "it" factor with this team. It doesn't just need to be overall improvement. Whether that be Cheeto Owuji making plays every single day at fall camp, or um, a guy like Tedrick Thompson absolutely blowing up someone every single day, there needs to be something that gets my engine going and going. Okay, this team could be a little bit different.
2: If I'm CU, i I have like Cheeto and Tedrick and Doing Shea nothing. Fields and. Uh, Sefo, Lufa, I'd say those are probably the four best players or most important players. Literally player. doing nothing. Like, remember last year, Nelson Spruce tweaked his ankle on, like, the third day of practice, and he was fine. But they were like, hmm, we can't really afford to lose him. We're going to just shut him down for the rest of camp. Like, just be very, very cautious with those guys because Sefo, I think, number one, mo- high, most important on the team, you have to keep him healthy.
3: Yeah. i I would be so cautious, and that's another reason why – If if I am Mike McIntyre, my practices are closed. If I'm the coach, my practices are closed for this exact reason.
2: Why? What does that have to do with injuries? Because
3: I don't want any any word getting out. Because you have to put yourself in the mind of a college coach in the biggest year of your career. Do you want CSU getting any additional piece of information that you don't purposely put out there?
2: That's so lame. If you, if it, you're, it
3: may be lame, but if you're getting paid that much money, and this is the biggest year of your career.
2: If you're going to win football games or lose football games, it has nothing to do with what C, CSU knows about your football sure. team.
3: But that's not how coaches think. They want to control everything they can control. That is the mindset of a major Division One college coach.
1: And if practice is open, I will say one of the things I'm looking forward to most is once again playing the wide receiver drop game. But not only that, I'm looking forward to tonight when the Colorado TBT team Plays in their championship game uh, for two million dollars against what team twenty no, three? No, overseas, elite. You said overseas team,
3: elite. team twenty three.
1: Like, oh, they already played team twenty three. Um, they beat them in like the elite eight. Yes. Uh, well, overseas elite. That's going to be a great game. We're going to talk about kind of the. Uh, effects this team has had on the university as a whole because everyone's rallying around this TBT team. So we'll be right back on the BSN Buffs podcast.
5: Jackson's Hole opened in March of 1977 and quickly became the place for watching sports. Almost 40 years later, and Jackson's All-American Sports Grill is keeping the reputation alive. There's 65 and 70-inch TVs everywhere. The food is still amazing, and there's almost 30 beers on tap, including our table taps that you can control at your own booth. Come down to Jackson's All-American Sports Grill in Greenwood Village off Arapahoe and I-25, the original sports grill. By staying
1: at the forefront of cannabis genetics, cultivation, and quality control, the clinic provides the best cannabis you'll find. And with 50 awards, they've won more than any other dispensary in Colorado. There's also a brand new clinic location right next to the Colorado Light Rail Station. And if you bring in a ticket from the game, they'll give you 15% off your entire purchase there. Seriously, check them out. Go to the new location off Colorado or go to
5: thecliniccolorado.com. If you or somebody you know has been in any type of accident, call Flesh Law. You do not want to face the insurance company alone. If you are not sure what to do, Flesh Law offers free consultation and will meet with you for as long as you need. If you do decide to file, we'll have your litigation started immediately so that we can get your case resolved as fast as possible. Call Flesh Law at 303-806-8886, that's 303-806-8886, or Google Flesh Law.
1: Back on the BSN Buffs podcast, and we're talking some basketball, so there go the listeners uh, but, uh, <laughs> make sure to come back for the last segment. Yeah, the last segment uh, seriously, if you don't want to listen to basketball, you have to listen to the last segment, so fast forward 10 minutes, but uh, because the last segment is going to be worth your time. but talk some TBT right here. Uh, you know
3: what I just thought of about the TBT Tad Boyle is in New York City. Watching the game. I'm supposed to interview him Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. No. You're, oh. I oh. wonder if he's going to
2: be back. He'll be back.
3: If they win, he better be living it up in Manhattan, boy. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Tad Boyle and One Oak, that would be the greatest thing I've ever seen. What if seen. you get
1: that phone call 10 p.m. tonight after they win, and that's your interview instead of I swear to God, morning. that would
3: be the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my career. Interviewing Neither. a drunk, lit-up Tad Boyle would be I literally think the greatest Boyle thing ever is,
2: He's not even there yet as we talk at 3:55. He's going to land at like 4:30, go to the arena, watch the game and get back out. Probably. He must like there's a prospect he wants to uh, well, that's
1: well, that's the thing. I mean like
2: dead, I I,
1: I didn't think about that. He's trying to get Marcus Hall for another year. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus Hall has been nuts. He has been nuts. He's going to get a shot at the NBA, right? Like, no. No? No. <laughs> not even a training camp or whatever? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, he might get an invite, but he, I mean, he's what, what, it,
3: what it's going to be is there will be his overseas career. This will be a big year for him. And then maybe next year he might get a shot at Summer League. But at this point, I think teams are pretty much locked in on where we want to be. So... I don't know. I mean, it's big for it's great for Marcus Hall, regardless of his professional prospects. But great for Marcus Hall. Obviously, he's been just nuts.
2: He's been awesome, but also like he's not taking great shots. They're just kind of going in. No, Uh, that's kind of
3: the point of this kind of tournament, right? And and, but you know,
2: but it's not exactly the point of uh, what uh, NBA coaches are looking for in a a guard that would certainly be a role player on their team. You know, no one's bringing in Marcus Hall to be their starting point guard, so you kind of want a guy who's steady and that sort
3: of thing. I think I think this tournament is great for a lot of things. I I don't think that this is the tournament that gets you your NBA
2: shot. I think it's something that, I mean, I guarantee you he's turned some
3: heads. I mean, sure, he he could be on a radar, you know, but that's why I say guys in this tournament, their professional seasons are the most important thing because – that's where you've got to do it over the course of a season. You've got to do it in a system. You've got to do it for a coach that didn't go to your school. You know what I mean? They, and that's why I say that's so much more important. I mean, it's, it's great exposure. I just don't think it's much more than that.
2: Yeah, I understand. Uh, it's tough. It's just if he was 24, this would be a different conversation. Right. Uh, but also
3: the, the money might be nice.
2: Yeah, I mean, the only thing about the money is, like, it's only, like, a season's worth of pay or less for for a guy who, like, I mean, it's 150000
3: I mean, depending on your deal abroad, there are guys making $75,000 a year in Europe that play on good teams and good leagues. You know, have, have we seen Josh – because Josh Scott just signed his contract to play in we Europe. We don't, don't know, know the know numbers the terms. on that yet. I'd be surprised – I'd be shocked if he was making six figures.
2: I – the whole thing is kind of confusing, and I this is a, as good leagues. a chance as any. No, I just mean, like, how did he not end up in a better league? You know, I don't like, know. I think he could play in the highest league in Europe.
3: I don't know enough enough, enough, enough about the way Europe is structured in professional basketball, um, in terms of how you get into it. You know, I mean, because you think about a guy like Carlin Brown, he went right to Israel is a really good league. Right. Israel is a really good league. Uh, And he went right to one of the best teams there. So I – truthfully, I have no freaking idea about how it works, but that isn't – it is a little bit confusing. But a thing like the TBT, like could we be seeing Josh Scott on Team Colorado next year?
2: I thought he should have been there this year. I didn't really understand. Well,
1: he was summer league and –
2: As soon as – I mean, maybe he had to be on
1: the roster earlier. Sharp was flying back and forth back and forth from uh, the Drew League to be on But the Drew League's not... Right, I know. it's mean,
3: Summer League, you know what I mean? Drew League, and, Drew League is basically the basketball tournament without a bracket and without too many dollars.
2: Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, so, I, yeah, I think we will see Josh on this team it's, Okay, so, so, so... I hope so.
3: Regardless, we need to talk about the elephant in the room, and that's Ryan's potential payday here. So oh, you will it's... know, by the time people listen to this, whether you won a couple grand off of Team Colorado... There's a, a one of our Twitter followers is in line to win maybe twenty grand uh, from Team Colorado winning. That's one of the big appeals to get Tax the basketball in line tournament. a
2: good payday too.
3: <laughs> That's one of the things that the the basketball tournament did to get fan interest is give them a stake in the winnings. And, but, and I'll
2: tell you this, being 100 percent honest, I would, I had no idea that there was any money involved in this when I right. I was just asked to tweet the link. Like I was just doing a favor. I thought. Right. right. <laughs> so I tweeted I, the link out and you know. Where do you well, see
3: the list of people who are in the you, money? You
2: go to the fan list. I looked, I didn't notice anyone else's name. So I'm not on there basically. I don't think so, no. Damn you it. just don't have the influence. You, you know, don't have clearly I've
3: lost the Twitter followers. <laughs> I'm almost back up to two thousand. Man, how the money have fallen. Yes. But here here's the here's the real question that I want to know, Ryan. With your four thousand ish dollars, whatever you would win, I don't know what the number is. You are off the CU beat. You're a Broncos reporter. You're removed from the CU program other than the Distinguished BSN Buffs podcast. Are we going to see Ryan Konigsberg as a donor?
2: <laughs> no. To the university?
3: <laughs> Not even a second thought. Not even a second thought.
2: I'll be a donor to my landlord.
3: Damn. How is it paying rent for, you know, down in Denver? How is the rent?
2: It's not bad. I mean I went far enough away from civilization that it's affordable. Oh ah, there you go.
3: There you go. Yeah, I, I it's not affordable where I live.
5: But I if I won
2: like I live in like in places you've never been and may never go if you don't come to my house. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
1: I've lived in Colorado for almost ten years now and I've never been to where you are.
2: Literally I agreed to living where I'm living before I had even ever been into the city that it is.
3: Literally, how many times can we say literally in this segment?
2: Literally at least one more time.
3: <laughs> but literally, what would you do? If, I'm, I'm interested. You said that, like, literally again. That was on purpose. That was on purpose, purpose Jake. Keep up. If, I'm, so when people hear this on uh, Literally Twitter, Thursday. On, on literally Thursday, when people literally listen to this. Stop. People on Twitter always kind of tweet us their thoughts on various segments. I'm interested. If you were the top fan donor guy to Team Colorado, and Team Colorado has won. say It doesn't matter whether they win or not by the time you've heard this. How much, if any, would you donate to the program, A, and B, what would you spend most of that money on? I'm interested to hear what people would actually
1: do. The best Thursday night I might at be- Absinthe ever. Oh, my God. Oh,
3: my God. I, no. <laughs>
2: you you can't even have absinthe. like a great... like. No amount of money can make you have that good of a Thursday night at Absinthe. <laughs>
3: no. I mean... Maybe at the Walrus. But no, not maybe in Vegas. <laughs> what would, if you won the twenty grand, Jake, what would you actually do? How, would you give any to the university?
1: I am already giving $20,000 a year <laughs> to the university, so no. Are you, Mr. Well, Shapiro? My, my, okay. my direct source of income. Well, that's why I'm asking. If you won, you,
3: Mr. Jake, if you won $20,000 off of this tournament, how much, if any, would you donate to the athletics Programs at CU immediately or in the future immediately with that twenty grand
2: oh zero dollars cool
3: zero dollars from Ryan twenty
2: grand I might I might
3: consider it I don't know I'm not giving a dime like I'm gonna be I, but for the exact but same we're rationale not, like, he
2: used if we had Tyler on here it'd probably be a different tune
3: did well maybe yeah, probably I'm sure there there are gonna be people that listen to this that would donate to the. Athletic department, I'm sure.
2: There's there's just people with so much more money that can make such more of an impact than a couple thousand dollars right. that I could do it, you know.
3: And I feel like, honestly, I and don't know th- if like, true, but if if I trust if Rick, like, no, like <laughs> Rick George is listening to this. He's probably like, no, every dollar matters. Rick George is going to hit us up after this and
1: basically. He's going to get make, three emails tomorrow morning if they win.
2: I'll, at least. I'll buy, like, I'll buy. The person who convinced me to tweet the link, a couple of drinks. Right.
3: <laughs> he's going to DNC convention this basketball tournament next year and rig it. Yeah, but um, political jokes not very funny on a sports, no. sports podcast. But I
2: come to I come to this podcast to get away from <laughs> politics, William.
3: Okay, stick to sports. Hashtag yes. stick to sports. Yes. I'm just interested on who would actually donate, just because I I would never think of it to be honest. But I know I think a some lot of would. fans
2: will say they will
3: there are, and. That's very it's easy different to say. Having twenty thousand dollars. It's not even
2: like you earned this twenty thousand dollars. Like the
1: program earned that twenty thousand dollars <laughs> right, right, for, for you. you.
3: And I still won't give it back.
1: But like, I feel like the rationale, like especially with me, is a little bit different than you will. Because I'm literally giving twenty thousand dollars a year to but the university. But you VR literally. But it's not.
2: It's stop saying literally. <laughs> it's not. About I that. don't have $20,000. 000. Um, zero of those dollars is going to the athletic department. Zero. Well, actually, zero point
1: like, zero 100, 000. Uh, like $150 of it is. And according to every student at CU, why does all my pay? Why does my uh, admittance pay for the football Adminance. team or whatever? Because,
3: shocking, most students at CU are real dumb. They got admitted because they live out of state and their tuition is higher.
1: Wasn't Breaking that why news. you got
3: in? I mean, okay, like my GPA was fine. <laughs> my SA- no, my GPA was 3.0 out of high school, which is really bad for high school. But my SAT was like a 1980, so not bad, out of 2,400, you know, or something. Plus, I was 10 minutes late to the SAT, so I think I pulled off a pretty good didn't.
2: I didn't know you are supposed to bring a calculator to the SAT. So I had to, like... I just, like, stole the one off the girl's desk ne- next to me. <laughs> and, like, I would just, like, borrow it real quick, use it, and then put it back.
3: My, th- my friend's car got stolen in the parking lot that we both parked in at for our SAT. I mean, talk about going... Having to spend, like, a Sunday morning as a teenager taking a, a test, then you come outside and your car is stolen. That's rough.
1: That's, yeah. that's
3: almost like a program earning you 20 grand and not getting dick in return.
1: See, when I took my ACT... I had the mindset of dreaming of going to school at Colorado, and I think one of the reasons I had that is because I grew up watching some Colorado football, and it all started with Bill McCartney, and uh, you know his legacy, and that just carried over. I obviously didn't get to watch much of that era of football because I wasn't alive yet, but he started that era uh, of success that I was accustomed to when I was very young. so. We're going to come back, Uh, we're going to go right into the interview with Charles Johnson that Ryan had at Dove Valley yesterday, and then we're going to wrap up the rest of the podcast, so stay tuned on the other side of the break for our interview with Charles Johnson.
4: Uflora is the apple store of cannabis. With three locations, the biggest selection in the state, and a tech-driven shopping experience, Uflora is the only dispensary you need. Uflora has over 75 types of edibles, tinctures, topicals, and drinks, and they have over 20 strains of flour at all times. To see everything Euflora has to offer, go to EufloraColorado.com. That's EufloraColorado.com. com. When is the last time you went to the Rock Restaurant and Bar on Smoky Hill Road? With 69-cent wings on Mondays, trivia on Tuesdays, and $2 domestics during happy hour and weekends, the Rock Restaurant and Bar is the only choice when I'm in South Aurora. They're open 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. every day, making them a great place for a big breakfast, tasty lunch, or a nice dinner. The Rock is off of Smoky Hill Road, just a few blocks west of E-470. Find them online at therockrest.com. That's therockrest.com. Life Flower Dispensary on Leedsdale serves medical and recreational until midnight. We are a one-stop shop and have something for everyone. Whether you're a smoker or prefer to use topical treatments for severe pain, we carry a huge variety of edibles, infused sodas, concentrates, flour, and we even carry glass too. Check out our menu at weedmaps.com for specific strains and price details.
5: Life Flower Dispensary. Open 8 a.m. to 12 a.m. Monday through Sunday. Mention BSN Denver and get 15% off your entire purchase.
1: Welcome back to the BSN Buffs podcast with Ryan Konigsberg, Will Whalen. I am Jake Shapiro. Uh, one final time, Charles Johnson, one of the greats of Colorado, currently doing stuff with the Broncos. Uh, he's covering the Broncos for, what, 104.3? 104.3. I mean, um, he's
2: covering everything, but...
1: Yeah, it's... The Broncos. So That's one of Broncos. four three,
2: which means he's covering the Broncos.
1: Ryan sat down or stood up. I'm not exactly sure. Stood up. Stood up with Charles Johnson, uh, ye- yesterday, which was Monday at Dove Valley, uh, specifically to talk about Coach Mack. So here is that interview. I'm not going to say any more uh, than that.
2: Obviously, tough news comes out today. What was your reaction straight off the bat? Um,
0: I, you know, I wasn't surprised. Because I had known that Coach Mack was battling and dealing for uh, some time now, but you know, to see it made so public and so in such a stark way, it does kind of hit you. And, um, my immediate reaction was to pick up the phone and call Coach Mack. I did that. I was unable to, to catch him. I Still plan on doing that today, uh, just to simply hear his voice, because uh, the, the impact of that voice on my my soul is huge, and so he's obviously in, in my thoughts and prayers, but, uh, just need to hear that voice. What do you, what do you want to tell him when, when you get him on the phone? Uh, just, you know, you know, I don't necessarily need to tell him anything. I just want to, want the conversation to be, uh, you know, the natural conversation that we would have. One thing I will tell him, however, uh, is what he tells me every time that we talk. Uh, and he always concludes the conversation with saying, CJ, I pray for you every day. And, uh, I would love to reassure Coach Mack that uh, in these times in which he's battling this disease that I and probably millions of people are praying for him every day. Coach Mack was kind of a polarizing figure
2: for people that weren't around him. What was the impact and kind of what was it about Coach Mack that made him so special to you you where that kind of stuff didn't matter to you guys?
0: Well, I think what made him special is what made him polarizing to some. Uh, an uncompromising love and integrity. Um, you know, there, there were no two sides to Bill McCartney. He was who he was, and he put it out there. And for some, uh, they they didn't like it. And for many, uh, we loved it. Uh, didn't always agree with Coach Mac. Uh, he's he's stubborn in his position, uh, stubborn in his love. But you know where he's coming from, and he's always the same. He don't change on you. Way so many people will from time to time, and so for, for guys who played for him, I think, and who spent a lot of time around him, you know, that's the redeeming quality that you get from him. His integrity was uncompromised, and uh, you know, the world would be so much better off if more people were that way, uh, whether you liked or agreed with them or not. Just, just having an integrity. And, and where you come. Can you put into words the impact that he had on your life? Um I can, it's tough though, because this, you know, this would be an extremely long conversation to try and string uh, into words everything that this guy has lent to me. Uh he gave me an opportunity as an undersized quarterback, black quarterback quite frankly, coming out of high school in the mid-80s. Um he instilled a confidence in me. Uh, he always told me that he believed in me. Um the thing I loved about Bill McCartney when you talk about integrity is that he was the same with the first-team All-American recruit as he was with the last guy who walked on his, his football team. Uh, and that kind of, to bear witness to that is, you know, is everything. You know, people know about Coach Mack's uh, religious beliefs, but Mac was a guy who lived the sermon. You know, there's a saying, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. And that's what we were able to witness with Bill McCartney. We witnessed a sermon of a guy who lived uh, what others preach.
2: Looking forward a little bit, is there, you know, fear for what the future holds for Coach Ryan?
0: Look, uh, his fate is determined and destined just like all of ours is. And so I, I choose to look at this as, you know, this is a challenge that he and his loved ones face right now. But as far as I'm concerned, uh, God has given us another day with Bill McCartney, and so I'll, I'll take it one day at a time and, and we'll deal with whatever the future uh, may hold, who knows, uh, uh, he, he may live to see uh, more of this world than myself. And so, uh, you know, we, we're not going to kill that guy off he won't allow us to, uh, there's only one guy who's uh, the big fella above who's in charge of that fate, so, um, no, uh, he's he's all here as, as far as I'm concerned, and I expect to uh, in, in, engage him the way that i always have.
1: Thanks a lot, CJ. Right on, man. Thanks, buddy. I'll see you soon. Obviously, uh, terrible news about Coach Mack, a man I think we all admire in some way or fashion. I know Will wrote a pretty, I'll say, intriguing piece on it today. Uh, terrible disease. Will, uh, what was your thoughts on it we heard charles Johnson's. Thoughts. yeah
3: i mean my thoughts a are obviously my thoughts are with coach mac uh unquestioned and i mean this hit home for me on, on the levels of the in the way that i wrote the piece i didn't get to know my grandparents because of this disease um i had two or three memories of my grand one of my grandmothers from a child those were ripped from me uh, due to alzheimer's and dementia and so i can imagine uh what the entire mccartney family is going through uh, I can imagine on some level what his former players are going through, and the Colorado fan base. Uh, Bill McCartney has been like a, the sometimes crazy old grandfather to this to this fan base. Sometimes he says things that you don't agree with, but you know where his heart is. You admire his dedication. There are many things that, as a man, that he stands for, that I stand for, that I think a lot of people at the fan base stand for. So um, I encourage you guys to read the article on bsmbuffs.com. I encourage you guys uh, to keep the McCartney family in your thoughts. Uh, and and Ryan, you you were standing face to face with CJ.
2: Yeah, uh, it's we, when you talk to someone about the, the meaning that Coach Mac had on their lives, you just see this this different look in their eyes that you don't get when they're talking about most people. And uh, you know you can have whatever thoughts you want to have about Coach Mac and his stance on anything, but you can never disagree with the fact that his heart is in the right place he,
3: he thinks he's always trying to do what's best
2: right I mean he's a man of faith he's a man who always loved his players uh and Chad Brown the other day on 104.3 104 three mentioned you know even if he, there was a player on his team that he completely disagreed with their lifestyle he would have loved them the same as every single guy around them uh, just a special guy. I had the opportunity to play golf with him last summer. It's it's a memory that I will cherish forever. And I don't want us to talk like Coach Mack is gone. It's,
3: no, he's you know, not. Because as CJ said in the article, and as you guys just heard on the interview, we can't kill him. He's no, not going to let it happen. And, you know, he
2: he's just – even uh, Rick George said they were playing golf yesterday. So, you know, it's not like we, uh, we've lost Coach Mack yet, but I, I just – the fact that I got the chance to play golf with him is something that I'll never forget. He was a coach on, on every swing. He doesn't, he'll never be able to let go of being a coach. Uh, and it, it is, He's a special man, a uh, really special experience, and uh, it's, it's definitely sad to hear that he has to go through this struggle.
1: I think that's going to end this episode of the BSN Buffs Podcast and the BSN Denver Podcast Network. We really appreciate the listens. Uh, Interact with us about anything you want, whether it be Fall Camp, Coach Mack, uh, TBT. We're all ears for you guys. Uh, Always are. You can follow him on Twitter at William underscore Wayland. Follow him at Ryan Koningsberg. me at Chapalicious. Hit up the the site twitter account at bsn buffs uh really appreciate your listens all your interactions and uh fall camp's going to be a lot for us so uh hit us up with any questions you guys have about the team and we're going to try and get to it or ask uh coach mac this coach mac about it and uh obviously our thoughts uh and prayers if you do that type of thing are with uh coach mac and his family so thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon